Welcome all to a remote episode of Nightcaps at the Theater. Ooh, yes, even the coronavirus can't stop us. No, no. Uh, Who are we here uh, in our our own establishments? Well, as you can clearly see by our Zedcaster app, my hand is up, so I'll be introducing myself first. Um, I'm the uh, Celebrity Imagine video you didn't see, Jonathan Kwiatkowski. I am the recently domesticated Matt Cabrera. Uh, and I am the uh, original mole woman, Mark Zebro Jr. Uh, yes. So before we begin, how are we faring in our Corona culture now? <laughs> oh, I, this is great. I thrive yeah. in Corona. Uh, uh, this is a, times of Corona are, 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 are doing, doing all right for me. I just hope that nobody I know dies. Yeah, I know. Same. I'm worried about the older people in my life. Yep. But uh, other than that, I mean, not going to work, not leaving the house. This is everything I've prepared my entire life for. It's great. Yeah. Well, at least uh, you guys get a full week worth of uh, of days off. I get maybe just one because liquor stores are essential in New Jersey. Well, that is true. Off, I have more work than I did at school at home somehow. I mean, I just said it before, at least you're multitasking. You get to sit in front of a computer, read these emails while talking about the best movies with your best friends. Uh, one of those things is better than the other, but I won't reveal which one. Too true. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, uh, yeah. All right. So a- what are we doing here? Yeah. What? A- <laughs> this is the issue. <laughs> Somebody so- raised their hand. Uh, I have, I have a, I have a statement, uh, Senator. <laughs> how about, uh, how about we get into uh, what we've been watching on this uh, Moose Bush uh, uh, episode, episode of uh, Corona Watch? It's been so long, we forgot how to podcast. Yeah. Uh, let's see, which segment are we starting with? We always start with "Shut Up Weeb," our anime segment, of course. Well, I got nothing. Oh, I've got plenty. Yeah, I've got some. All right, so I guess I will start. My hand is up, <laughs> Madam Secretary. <laughs> so the first thing anime adjacent that I watch is a little anime by the name of Beastars. Have you? Yeah, heard yeah. same. Oh no. <laughs> Beastars is like if Zootopia fucked. <laughs> this better not so, awaken I mean, something in me. I think it's great. <laughs> Everybody was fucking in Zootopia. They, they just yep. want to talk about it. <laughs> but Beastars is all about talking about the fucking. Oh, boy. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Um, basically, it's a high school drama with anthropomorphic animals. Uh, very timely being that Animal Crossing has come out as well. Um, murder obsessed. There's a lot of drama club references. Uh, uh, I just really like the characters, even though it does get kind of overtly sexual don't watch this with grandma or the kids <laughs> they may be <laughs> a little bit stunned by what you're watching but, but it's a high recommend from me yeah same uh i i i was vaguely intrigued i wasn't like over the moon where i gotta watch this like i was kind of enthralled by the first episode you know like there's the you know there's the murder that kind of like starts it off but that's really not like the big takeaway from it it's more just kind of like uh social like uh environment basically even though like the murder is kind of triggered to like some of the other events that go on i guess Mm -hmm. with it 
but yeah, I, I, I like the world that's kind of uh, that, that kind of like expands upon it. Like even when the black market is kind of introduced here as well, yeah. it's a little dark, but it's also kind of like a necessity to some regard because, you know, there's a whole like kind of class system that involves with the herbivores and the carnivores. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like it. I, and I love the characters, too. I, I love uh uh lagosi our our, our thank lead god you pronounced it right <laughs> our, our lead wolf oh no i watched the japanese dub oh thank god because the uh, american dub they pronounce it lagoshi and it infuriates me uh i mean yeah i mean i i think they call uh, uh ruiz uh lewis just for louis. uh or oh louis okay never yeah, mind like like king louis yeah <laughs> i want to be like you yep um but yeah, I, I, yeah, like you said, I like the the, the drama club references, like uh, 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 Ruiz having to play the character of Adler. Yep. <laughs> so you know that's uh, I think that's a little cute, little on the nose. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I like the kind of like relationship that's going on between uh, Lagosi and um, Haru, uh, our, uh, our 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 rabbit, who's a little scandalous, but uh, you know it's a. Uh, it's revealed some other things as well about that. So yeah, I, I liked it. Um, that it's already been greenlit for season two. So yep, and the manga is very good too. If you get a chance to read it, uh, yeah, I, I haven't, but uh, I, don't know, I might, I might check it out. Who knows? Yep. Um. Yeah. So even if you're not a furry, maybe this will change your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. The next thing on the docket for me is Steven Universe. Uh. Finally ended after all these years. A big chapter in my uh. Woo! Life is over as of yesterday. Steven Universe Future had the final four episodes, and I would say it was really good. It was a cemental, uh, sentimental, real goodbye. Um, shit got dark for a few episodes, and it was really interesting because it was dealing with themes that I've never seen kids' shows uh, handle before. In the fact that Steven, as the main character, he's kind of going through PTSD, and it's very <laughs> realistically portrayed. Um, he even goes to the doctor for like the first time in his life. And she's like, Oh shit, man, you're like emotionally fucked up. You need to get this checked out. Was the original and... series all in his mind. And no. then, uh, and then this new spinoff is like him as a real person in the real adult world. It's live action and everything. No, unfortunately not. Um, is he recovering? Is he recovering from a seizure? No. And his oh. world isn't in a snow globe either. So there's that. <laughs> But I think it was a really great finale. And I mean, it's one of the best cartoons out there. But now that this is done, I think the Cartoon Network Golden Age is officially done too, which shows like regular show and uh, Adventure Time. Adventure Time all ending around the similar time. So, but they still have uh, OKKO. And they still uh, have uh, Teen Titans Go. uh, And uh, We Three Bears, right? We Three Bears is okay. Or uh, Thundercats. Oh, don't mock the Thundercats thing. It looks all right. Yeah. I'm an OG guy. Yeah. Um, so, Steven Universe, fun, farewell. I'm sure I'll talk about this more on my other podcasts. Uh, anime was not a mistake where me and Dan are still meeting face-to-face because we never leave the house anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out, but we never leave the house. We, this hasn't changed our lives at all. We're just introverted. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Steven Universe. And then the last thing, I don't know if I technically consider this anime, but I finished the entirety of uh, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance and I loved every second of it. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch The Making of next. I know there's a, a series on that that Mark rent- recommended a, a while ago. 
Yeah, that I, have time. I think it's like an hour long, something like that. But it, it's it's really cool just getting to see like the kind of process and how they kind of brought it back from the ashes. So uh, and just make a whole world out of it. Yeah, I love that good world building. Um, I recommended Dan watch the original Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, which both of which he has not seen. Yeah, so well, I had to. Yeah, <laughs> you had to. Yeah, I I like Labyrinth. So, oh no 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 yeah like uh, listen like regardless of what i said on there i was <laughs> intoxicated and uh, uh, <laughs> saying what i did uh, was it for the intent of humor and i take back most of what i was saying there yeah, well, well you know the, tr- the truth comes out when you're drunk oh who knows you could see our shining episode for that <laughs> no even even that i take back a lot oh well you can only move forward right i i uh, suppose you learn and you learn yeah, and uh, Dark Crystal has only cemented the fact in my mind that I am a Skeksis, and that's just my personality type. I'm sorry. Well, what kind of Skeksis are you? The librarian, the scientist. Oh, I am a chancellor through and through. Simon Pegg. Yeah, I know. Oh, mm-hmm. he, you man, I love that. That series was awesome. Mm-hmm. Simon Pegg is awesome. That vocal cast is awesome, too. Everybody is on point. Mark Hamill, Jason Isaacs. And there's uh, one Skeksis that I think is voiced by. I think her name is Betsy Serdano. She's on a few podcasts that I listen to. Mm-hmm. It's like um, that, um, the pustule one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Benedict Wong, who was the uh, general yeah. Skeksis. He's, yeah. he's really good in there, too. Yeah, they're all good. Uh, we've got um, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy from The Vivitch playing yes. the Yeah, Ooh, Nice. It sounds like everybody had a good time on set. Yeah. Well, I don't think the actors were on set. I think <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I, you know, some of them might have like had a guest appearance or two just on set to like, you know. You mean they? they you mean that wasn't them in makeup? <laughs> oh. Yeah. They they all elongated their faces. They all like kind of shortened their heights. Yeah. They grew an extra pair of arms. <laughs> Went above and beyond. They all yeah. became giant beetles. Oh, so that's, so that's what Corona does. <laughs> soon 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 we'll all be skexes but uh yeah that that concludes my shut up weeb segment i'm gonna put my hand down <laughs> all right uh i think i'll go uh, real fast because i already talked about b stars uh, uh i'm still watching the clone wars we've now uh, finished the uh, bad batch arc and now moved on to ahsoka you know, everyone loves Ahsoka. Uh, yeah, I I wasn't like the biggest fan. I think she's I, I she's fine. I, I like her enough. Uh, but a lot of people are really diehard fans about her. But uh, this is actually like what everyone's really been waiting for is uh, to, to finish off, like give some closure to the series with her. Uh, there's also been some new, so new news with her, her character uh, for the Mandalorian season two, uh, who uh, Rosaria Dawson will be uh, filling those shoe, uh, shoes as live what? action. Yeah. What? She'll, she'll, she's she's going to be playing the live action version of uh, Ahsoka in season two of Mandalorian. So. Oh, interesting. I, I saw her on Broadway in something. I can't remember what though. I can't remember either. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 exciting. Um, so there's about I think six episodes left, and they're going to be finishing off this specific arc, going into the the Mandalore arc that that'll kind of tie everything together, pro- possibly for uh, Mandalorian season two. So uh, look forward to that. So yeah, interesting. That, that's uh that's that's all I got now. I'll shut up, Weeb. <laughs> all right, on to our next segment being that of TV court. Anyone presiding over this uh case in TV court first? I got uh, I got a good amount. 
I do uh, too. I think I just have one thing, and I haven't spoken oh. yet on something, so I'm gonna volunteer and or demand that I go first. <laughs> Put that hand down, Mark. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, I really don't have much. We watched uh, McMillions, the HBO miniseries. Ah, uh, yes. It- <laughs> about the uh, theft or the uh, fraud of the McDonald's Monopoly game. It was all a huge scam. Oh my yeah. goodness. So uh, this was this was a pretty enjoyable miniseries. It wasn't, you know, uh, Chernobyl or Now They See Us type caliber. It was more stylish over substance. And it wasn't exactly um, as cohesive as maybe it should have been, but it was, it was entertaining. It was enjoyable. Um fairly solid throughout and there were some some turns that i was not expecting from this kind of uh documentary i mean before going into it before watching it i didn't know anything about the mcdonald's monopoly scam i just knew that uh i liked their big macs even though they tasted like cardboard so (laughs) we uh (laughs) we yeah, we start watching it, and I was expecting a story like um, of maybe just like a couple of guys who figured out how to win at this game, who like outsmarted it. But this was apparently something that was rigged from the start, and how it gets to where where it goes, where where it all ended up is uh yeah pretty damn interesting. Although I've heard the article, like there's like a long form article on this very subject i've heard this that one is even more uh interesting than the miniseries more well presented mm. but uh you know it's solid i recommend it if you have time and i think a lot of us do now it's uh it's it's kind of fun yeah this yeah. is a limited series right yeah it's just uh six episodes mm, is it okay. is it like based in reality or is it like a fictional story oh yeah no it's all real oh, okay. it's a true crime documentary <laughs> No, this isn't one of those. Uh, cool. what, what, what was that Netflix show? Uh, that was a mockumentary. The kids in the high school. Oh, um, American Vandal. Yeah, yes. American Vandal. Yeah, it, no, this this actually happened. I yeah, I, no, I this is real. I've I've looked into this previously, and who? <laughs> but who I would can't... steal from poor mom and pop McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I had heard about this for like a while. Um, but I kind of just thought it was again, like a case where the people outsmarted McDonald's and like, were able to win the million dollar prize. Cause I've heard like they, they scatter the game pieces all across the country so that you would have to like travel through each and every corner of the U S to like be able to win, to get all the game pieces that you need. I don't know if that's true, but that's just like an urban legend that I heard. It's probably true. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's it, it doesn't get like as insane as it should be for like a six episode series. Like, you know, as we were watching it, we finished one episode and uh, April was like, so how many how many episodes are there left? Is, is it just like one more? And I was like, oh, man, no, there's six. So I don't think it really warrants that like long run time, but it's it's enjoyable. And as I watched more and more of it, I, I kind of got a bit more engrossed in the story. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, I. Acme's on the chopping block now with that. Acme, yeah, Acme has their uh, their own uh, monopoly. Uh, oh, really? Coyote Company. <laughs> yeah. uh, the the product is good. It's Acme. They specialize in scams. <laughs> uh, that should yeah, be that's your it for me. <laughs> specialize what? in scams. Oh, maybe. Mm. Scam specialist. 
You know, I should have uh, waited. I should have waited on selling that Animal Crossing Switch, man. I could have made well, like 200 more bucks each. Can we, can we take a segment? Well, I'll do this at the end when I have nothing to talk about in the theater segment for uh, Reasons Decline, just to talk our, about Animal Crossing. Our video game segment? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's looking, just say looking it up, happening. Looking <laughs> it up with uh, John Kwiatkowski. Oh, uh, looking it up. <laughs> nookie nookie. <laughs> <laughs> I love the nookie nookie. Uh, Timmy right. and Tommy. Yep. All right. <laughs> no, don't, don't get them involved. <laughs> I'm I'm done. All I right. rest my case, Your Honor. I've got a few. I know Mark has a lot, so perhaps I will go next. Here okay. is my hand in the chat. <laughs> uh, TV courts. Uh, first and most prominently, of course, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race season twelve has premiered and had a few episodes. I think it is a really tight cast. Um, even though there are some horrible challenges, they had a improv challenge that was based around an American Idol slash. Um, what's the America's Got Talent? That's the name of the show. That's like the yeah. big dig. Yeah, yeah that's um, a thing. <laughs> There's also uh, the masked singer. Yeah. yeah, that too. It's kind of in that style, that vein, where they had to improvise a scene. But we need to talk about how one cherry pie is oh. killing it on the show, but she is not allowed to win the show because she sexually catfished some people in her life. And it is extremely awkward to watch. They have edited the episodes. So basically she's in there for like two lines and that's it. But she's won three episodes back to back. So mm. it's extremely um, in hindsight that they're doing this. I mean, the rest of the cast is fabulous. It is a great cast. And even um, I was in a... A Google meetup with some of my friends watching yesterday and they discussed how Sherry Pie is literally killing the game. Like she's doing so great. The looks are great. The comedy's on point, but she's got that Sherry Pie man curse, I guess. And can't oh, win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you can't run from it as, as hard as you try. Yeah. Sherry um, Pie man, get her him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, favorites so far are one, Heidi in Closet is her name, and uh, Jan. She used to be Jan Sport, but it's not allowed on the TV show, so she just goes by Jan now, and it's a big Brady Bunch thing that I love, because you know that's my brand. (laughs) Um, And we had uh, another episode where a fan favorite already went home in episode two, Rakim Sakura, who's very anime-inspired, and her looks (laughs) are on point, and the fans already want justice and her to come back, because she was literally that amazing. (laughs) Sounds pretty good. And then last night was a Grey's Anatomy parody, which if you know me, circa 1990 when Grey's Anatomy premiered, <laughs> I used to be a really big Grey's Anatomy stan, but I fell off at season 43 and haven't watched since. Wow, I never knew that. It is like the, lo- well, I used to watch it because my mom used to watch it and we used to only have one TV in the house, so I was kind of forced to watch it. Uh-huh. Okay. But I kind of got into the stupid drama and Grey's Anatomy is a trip because shit goes down on that TV show that I've never seen on any other TV show. Wow. <laughs> There's I literally don't... like a tank in the hospital. Someone has a bomb inside of them. <laughs> Someone dies of the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounds pretty good. I, it, I, I know it's a goofy show because whatever episodes of I've like caught in the background have had Ned's declassified esque sound effects. Oh, <laughs> like this whenever, is true. whenever characters speak, it would be like boing. Boing, boing, boing. <laughs> I I don't know if I recognize that. I don't know if I've ever seen that. <laughs> no, I swear it's unless that was like a fever dream. But oh, I yeah. think that at least the early seasons had like stupid sound effects. No, no, like, no, like a listen. podcast. 
Ned's Declassify would be the perfect transition into Grey's Anatomy. Like yeah, he, that's what they do after high school. Here's tip number one of surviving a gunshot wound. Die! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's how you bring back Janitor into the mix. Uh, cookies yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, uh, perfect. Let's make it happen. Um, what I do remember Grey's Anatomy being famous for is, like, they always had a like an 11 o'clock song number by, like, The Cure or, or someone. Like, okay. Some, some hipster band as someone was dying or like the episode reads a reaches a denouement or something. Are you sure that wasn't scrubs? Cause I know scrubs no, that, did that a lot. Scrubs was making fun of Grey's anatomy by doing that. Oh. Well, I, I, feel, I feel like Grey's anatomy was making fun of ER for the longest time. <laughs> I, I feel like ER wasn't, uh, <laughs> uh, they couldn't get on Grey's Anatomy's level. I think they were like a little too shy. I think to like kind of yeah. raise the bar a little bit, like put a, cra- a a plane crash into an episode, maybe. Yeah. Um, after that, I have the Project Runway finale. This season was really good. The top four was really strong, and um, even though my favorite Victoria from Moldova did not win, <laughs> um, Jeffrey won, who is a New York native, and it was kind of worth it. He he did like this Purple Heart collection inspired by his father, who had like three Purple Hearts. And it was wow. very um, avant-garde, like big hoodies in the shape of hearts. I don't think really humans cool. are supposed to have that many hearts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think we'd just be if living like I cows. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be like the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good season. I like Project Runway. There's a, um, you know, shoved-in drama, but it's good all around. And then for my last TV court, I could not end without mentioning this. Westworld is back, baby. <laughs> Woo. Yes. <laughs> and the first episode was fucking fire. I okay. was I was really into it, and the second episode, not so much. It was more like a, a smoldering flame. That's kind of how they get you. With yeah. the with the Game of Thrones reference, right? <laughs> the Game of Thrones reference was one of the stupidest things I know that I've ever seen. I had to find a clip online, and I'm just I, I found an extended clip too, where it continues for like a minute and a half after <laughs> and they just the these cameo what, and they're they're just like talking about shit that I it, it's going over my head. It's like stuff that I don't care about. I know you have to be well invested into the fan culture. There's like 40 minute discussions after Ugh, online. There's, there's too much of a barrier for en- barrier to wait. entry for me. I can't wait to find the uh, the mafia world where you see uh, James Gandolfini in the background somewhere. <laughs> they're working they probably on him. will. Yeah, they probably will do that. <laughs> Little New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, well you can I see us <laughs> <laughs> not now because we can't go outside but a life before then. <laughs> uh but it's been good i'm you know i'm gonna still watch because i think the acting on the show like fucking uh, who plays There's... dolores evan rachel wood yeah yeah and uh thandy newton are killing it like literally they're brilliantly cast but this writing is not so good in episode two nope <laughs> Yeah, I I try to get in. I mean, uh, uh, this is just d- diving into mine for a little bit uh, to big, piggyback off yours. But I try getting into season two in preparation for three because I don't yeah. know. After after looking at the trailer for for three or like at least the first one, it got me excited, you know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're going we're going outside the park. We're going to a whole different direction for the show. And I'm just like, I can't. I couldn't gravitate towards it. I don't know. I I, I wanted well- to. Yeah, season two is uh, notoriously difficult too. Like even for fans of the show, and, 
you know, like even though I, I like I, I like Fanny Newton, like her character to me just it's I'm a little like I don't know. I, I'm I'm skeptical uh, about her. You know. <laughs> I don't like, know. I love Maeve. Yeah. I you know. I, I I like her direction. Like what? Like where she wants to go. Like what she wants to do. But like when she's given all that power in season one, two, I'm like, why did you guys do this? And like those two tech guys. I'm like, you guys are so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, but there was an iconic fashion moment where uh, Evan Rachel Wood starts out in episode one in this like uh it's like a black dress and then she pulls something and it turns into a gold dress and i was like all right fashion moment iconic <laughs> fashion moment in my hbo show i like this yeah i don't know yeah. Yeah. i just I, I feel like season one you know it ended on a bang it, it set up a lot of potential and it just has not been met at all no no but the, the opener was good <laughs> so that gives me a little hope <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, Aaron Paul was pretty good too. They're one for two. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're halfway there. And uh, that's my TV court. So bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess I'm up next. Uh, here, here's my hand. Uh, <laughs> there it is. I see it. <laughs> uh, let's see what I what I start out with. Uh, I watched uh, The Outsider. Ah. Oh, yeah, Stephen that, King classic that, that I still need to watch. That's right. Uh, the uh, HBO series uh, Outsider, but yeah, based on Stephen King, uh, starring mm-hmm. Ben Mendelsohn, uh, Jason Bateman, and uh, you know, a cavalcade of other characters here as well. Uh, yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, it it kind of got me interested in wanting to read it, but uh, like I, I know there's a lot of uh, big changes from what I hear uh, from yeah. the book to the series, but like that didn't bother me at all. I liked everyone's performance here. Um, there's a character, I believe, that's also in the uh, Mr. Mercedes book as well, yeah. a detective. I don't know her it, name. It, it's the female. I forget her name, too, but it's the female detective. She's in she, Mr. Mercedes. She was one of my favorites uh, out of this series. Uh, this is probably one of my best uh, or favorite uh, Ben Mendelsohn role, roles. Does Cynthia Ivero play her? Uh, I couldn't tell you right off the bat. You don't, I, you don't know Cynthia Ivero? Harriet. Harriet? Is this her? I, I, I have see. no picture. Don't I don't mind the keyboard. Okay. <laughs> Is this her? I have no picture. We're not face to face. I mean, I'm at my lot. I, I I couldn't bother going to my IMDb. Actually, let me, let me just do that. I don't. It is really her. Know. Oh yes. wow! See. Oh, maybe, maybe just maybe nominated for the Oscar this year for Harriet. No, I other. know, and she got snubbed. <laughs> well, according oh, to Matt's review, I don't think so. <laughs> I know. I kid. I kid. But uh, I I really enjoyed the sh- uh, the series. I, I like how it's uh, it's it's a murder mystery that turns into like something else. I mean, like you kind of get that right off the bat. Uh, yeah. I think also Jason Bateman kind of like uh, produced or co-produced the series as well. He directed the first two episodes. I know that. Uh, but yeah, oh, nice. It's, it's a it's a fun ride. Uh, well, fun and depressing at the same time. But uh, <laughs> my favorite. It, it's it's well shot. <laughs> I love the music. All all the characters and like where they start out start out from to like where they are at the end of this at the end of the series is is solid i love it um mm. and it has a sort of uh weird mid credits uh like like post credit scene which i was like yeah you didn't need to do that but uh it, <laughs> Does which pennywise show up <laughs> no no nothing of that sort but uh it, it, it was it was a little lame and i think it, it wasn't warranted at all and i think it just because like oh on the off chance this makes money it was we're going to try to do this again, possibly. Mm-hmm. Maybe it spins off or spins into uh, Mr. Mercedes as well. So who, who knows? 
I don't know if this is supposed to be like a precursor to that book. I don't know if it's supposed to be a spinoff. John, you would know. What? No, it's just uh, Stephen King always places his things in like the same universe. So yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I was just curious about that, just because that's what I heard from from this. Yeah, character. he does a a similar thing with the dark half and Needful Things, I think, where he uh, cast uh, Detective Claiborne in a similar role in both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, I, I stop oh, watching. Sorry. Right, right at the last frame, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I would say so. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's it's a bit silly and it, it makes you think something might happen but eh, it, it it's nothing so i would i wouldn't worry about it even if you oh. do see it so uh but i liked it it's a solid 10 episodes about an hour long and uh yeah it was it was it was a good time uh next one up uh i'm just about finished with uh man of the high castle i'm on the last season <laughs> and i couldn't have been more disappointed uh I can't mm. believe it. I, I, I had so... Did Hitler win? Oh, I mean, he already won. <laughs> Again? <laughs> uh, it's like, just how we live with it. No, no, no. It's, uh, you know, I had such high potential for the, for this series. You know, I having not really heard much from anyone, aside from my mom saying, I didn't like the ending. But, you know, that's like your mom talking. And so you just kind of like, <laughs> try and like put that put it out of your mind. But uh, once... You don't listen to moms. <laughs> I, I I remember saying it's like I'm not crazy about the leads, and I was like, oh maybe maybe like I'll come around to them. I hate them. I I, I hate the lead characters and I, I more more so the protagonists. Like they're just they do the stupidest things on the show that somehow warrant <laughs> their favor, but like it, it doesn't make them like evolve in a very like like cohesive way you know like mm. it's like at one point they'll be like shivering and shaking from something that they did or they saw to them being like cool and collected and edgy and like smoking cigarettes like oh it's like you're good with a gun it's like you didn't you didn't there was nothing there for you to become this person all of a sudden just out of the blue and mm. it's just do they it, change protagonists each season no, no, no. It's 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 literally the same protagonist. It's, you're following the same characters. Oh. I don't think no one really important dies. Maybe up until maybe the end of season three. Um, but hmm. there is a character here who's a uh, who plays one of the uh, Nazis who's now on a new show that's based off Ag- Agatha Christie book, The Pale House. Hmm. Um, uh, he's he's probably one of my favorites out of this. I need to look him up real fast. I think it's like Rupert something, but uh, um, but. Yeah, like I would say, the antagonists are more intriguing than than our actual protagonists. The Nazis are <laughs> it, it almost, it, it are, are more in, in interesting. Even when um mm. uh, uh, Himmler uh, kind of uh, spoilers takes over as uh, the Fuhrer in the show. I will say when I get to season three, uh, uh, we were then introduced to a J. Edgar Hoover, and <laughs> seeing him saying "Yavul, mein Fuhrer" is probably one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen on television. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there there are some like some interesting and like uh, silly moments that kind of stick out for me. Uh, like that kind of like warrant the show a little bit more. But once we figure out like what's the deal with like this, like yeah, like what's the deal uh, with this universe or this, uh, this this like Nazi occupied America? It's uh, it's like I don't know how we got here. It's like. I feel like they they were just writing episode by episode at a South Park's kind of style, but worse. Like they just, <laughs> it, it, like they were just writing it as they as an episode was 
being released or like they were being close to releasing these seasons because one right. season four, what now in season four a year has has, has now passed and uh, this is the last season and uh now we're introduced to a whole slew of new characters and i don't know where they came from how they were set up it feels like you should have set up these characters long long before this conflict was happening and they and there's also a problem with like introducing subplots into the series that go nowhere like there, there's something intriguing when it comes to a character who's um so like when season three comes along we're then introduced to more of like people like hiding in the closets you know like like because you know, homosexuals are, are like, like heidi and um, closet from rupaul's drag race the very same <laughs> uh <laughs> but uh like there, there's like two lesbians who um like they go lesbians like, that, that are like slowly introduced and find some kind of a uh, relationship with each other, but but doesn't really make sense because the other one was had started a, a previous romance and, and showed genuine feelings and a relationship with this other character, but it's like, oh no, I'm actually I'm actually this person. I'm like, okay, all right, um, but then but then it goes nowhere, and and so we and now it's season four, and we and we haven't seen those characters at all, and I don't think we'll ever see them again. Mm. So it's it, it it just I don't know, maybe just shows you it's like oh nazis are evil and they, and they hate gay people it's like okay i guess <laughs> I that's what, know. I, I guess that's what you were going for but i'm I, i'm i'm right at the tail end and i i don't expect good things great things but uh yeah i'll, I'll report back on that so uh, there that is all right i'm intrigued but uh uh my last one i want to talk about that's i guess better than men of the high castle but it's also uh documentary it's a uh, tiger king Oh, I've been hearing nonstop about Tiger King. Tiger King, uh, oh, Tiger yeah. King that. It's a it's a good series. Uh, it's a recently released on Netflix. I think about a week ago. Um, about a week ago. A week. Uh, so it's um about a guy who uh, actually a few people who um who are residents in the Oklahoma area who've uh, uh like have captive tigers and they kind of like take care of them, but also use them as attractions. But have gone on record saying that uh, like take care of them you know like some of them may even have over i think a surplus of like 200 tigers or that's exo- too many tigers ex- exotic <laughs> animals but the, the main focus is uh this man by the name of joe exotic and uh, he, uh he he's a he's a gun toting like redneck guy who's uh who's also gay but that 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 plays heavily into the into the series oh. yeah that's oh that, um uh good note there uh but uh it's 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 one of those things that it, it kind of starts out the same way as wild ball country where you're kind of like like you're taken in by it you're you're a little ske- uh, skeptical about like the circumstances uh but like the, the, the documentary try to get try to get you on this person's side and this other person's side because there's like two like there's there's an animal rights activist or like i think it's called a cat rescue this woman named carol who uh, kind of rescues these big cat animals but puts them in her own reserve so it's like I don't know what the difference there is. Uh, and they try to kind of like wean you into like kind of liking both sides. But then you see, oh, this 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 cat rescue woman may have killed her husband and fed, fed, her, fed him to the tigers. And there's no evidence to kind of prove otherwise. But a lot of people have, have said that, yeah, it's, it's quite possible because yeah, he went missing and there's no proof of a body or anything like that. um uh, and then like shit just goes down with joe exotic and how he's like threatening this woman's life and um like he he might be actually like embezzling and like working with a con artist and 
someone might be actually like euthanizing their own cat cubs if like they don't meet a certain standard because they're used as like petting cubs like uh, like when people like come to these attractions and like they just want to take photos with the with the animals and it's 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 really just proven to be unsafe um <laughs> in general and it's it, it takes a it takes a, a wild ride i will say and uh, mm. i think it's about for 40 minutes per episode i think there's seven episodes and uh yeah i i think it's worth a watch it's it's a good sit down watch that a good binge that you can uh blow through and yeah it's a it's quite fascinating i will say it, it's a little sluggish towards the end but uh it's it's still captivating i liked it that sounds insane it, 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 i would say so yeah <laughs> uh but yeah that's uh that's my tv court i'll right. I'll, I'll put my hand down Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's next? <laughs> Wait. Oh, Matt went. Sorry, I forgot. I went, I yeah. Matt yeah. Oh, nope. It's been so long ago. So next, we're gonna ring, ring, pick up the movie phone, but don't get too close, and make sure you Lysol it before you pick it up. Okay. Mm. Good <laughs> awesome. tip. Absolutely. Uh, I've got three things. I've got three too. Oh, yeah, and, uh, uh, <laughs> maybe like five or six. All they're, right. They're quick. Well. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I guess I'll start. Uh, so my, <laughs> we have to stop mentioning that our hands go up. I'm just going to put it up anyway. Uh, we get new technology and now we're obsessed with it. So movie phone, uh, The Baker's Wife is the first movie that I watched. And this is a 1938 French classic. Mm, so I'm sure you've sure. all seen and or heard of it before. Sounds sweet. It is uh, Sounds Marcel- like uh, Into the Woods. It's not a musical, but it was turned into a musical, which was a flub, but has a great soundtrack to it. (laughs) Um, It's by uh, Marcel Pagnon. It's an an analysis of human relationships and French camaraderie that I really enjoyed. Uh, It inspired a Stephen Schwartz musical, and I really love this movie. I might actually show it if this whole thing blows over eventually on the podcast. That's how much I enjoyed it. Does she also cheat on her husband? She, she, it's less of a, it is a story about that, mm. but it's more of a story about forgiveness and forgiveness acceptance. is more than saying sorry. Uh, yeah, essentially <laughs> not, not put to such wonderful words as Mark Zero Jr. <laughs> I'm a poet and I know it, it. but I, I think it's a poignant film and I really enjoyed it. I've been addicted to it and it was thanks to Criterion, which shout out because the world is ending criterion gave me twenty dollars off my order so they're never so generous i know i i it must be then we must be screwed if it happened <laughs> oh yeah yeah um speaking of criterion to continue my movie phone i watched another bergman movie time to open up the bergman box it burns <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> only seven out- more left it's such an outdated <laughs> reference now yeah, I know. <laughs> when was the last time anyone thought about Bird Box? Hey, I, I knew this would age poorly, and I did that on purpose. I, I listen. I liked all the memes. So, uh, hey, come on! I named the segment. It's my segment. <laughs> I'll say it no matter hey, what. No more power to you. Your segment has lasted longer than Sandra yeah. Bullock's uh, career. How how long will Nooking It Up with uh, Jonathan Kwiatkowski last, though? As long as the virus... Well, I play Animal Crossing religiously, so probably forever. (laughs) Did did you say goodbye in your New Leaf game? Like, I saw some tweets uh, some people on Twitter do. No, I still play New Leaf. Why would would people say goodbye? 
I know. Hey, my they, town. Well, my town is literally their, perfect. In New Leaf, they sent their residents letters saying, uh, "You know, I'm going off to this island, but I hope you join me, and I'll never see you again." I just, I just uh, said uh, it's been a long time to my GameCube version. <laughs> oh, what a hipster! Hey, my sister has to switch. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. So Bergman Box, I watched 1948's Port of Call. And guess what? It's about a troubled woman and her relationship dealing with the past. Ooh. What a surprise. I know. So, so far it's been um, basically all the Bergman movies have been like that. So I don't know what I was expecting. But this one actually surprised me. Um, I, I actually was really invested into it. And apparently it's an underappreciated uh, movie in the Bergman canon. But I mm, thought it was nice. very simple and honest, like his earlier work, instead of being jaded by all these uh, morals and uh, symbolism that he's trying to shove down the <laughs> audience's eyeballs. But it, it was fun nonetheless. And you're I going chronologically, that. right? No, I'm going by when you oh, get the Bergman box order? from Criterion. Yeah, they give you a watching right. order. Okay. So I'm doing that. And it usually has to deal with similar themes that are being reflected. That's why I've had like 20 um abused women and bad relationships in a row because <laughs> that's essentially what he did but i'm on the tail end and i'm excited i'll probably finish it before the year is out i have seven movies left so very got a lot of time it's summer part one. Oh well i don't know how summer part two is gonna figure out i may need to find a job but, <laughs> oh boy when will the, that's gonna be fun when will the midsummer come into play <laughs> Midsummer should have warned us to enjoy summer to the fullest while it lasted. Yeah. And um, my last, I know it's um, not as highbrow as my previous two, but I watched Super Size Me 2 Holy Chicken. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I heard this and was actually good. It was good. I do like the original Super Size Me as well. Um, I, I think it still holds up. And I mean, it doesn't stop me from eating McDonald's in any way, shape, or form. Of course uh, not. But as you might or may not know, the chicken is my favorite animal to eat. <laughs> I also enjoy chickens as a, a species, and this did make me feel sentimental to the noble chicken. Um, uh, and there's a moment, and I know we're going to get a, a trigger warning for some, because this is very violent, when they're raising the chickens, and they have so many chicks that they're like, oh, you may step on a few and crush them to death but that's just part of the job. Oof. And yeah. that that really got me. And um, I don't know, chicks are very cute, but delicious. <laughs> I understand why we yeah. raise them. It's I learned that it's like the most popular meat world round. Um, it's like the highest selling item. Everyone loves chicken. Well, I feel like if you step on the chicks and you can't, you can't eat them. You can't make them into chicken nuggets. They, they die, man. Oh, I, I've, I've seen how they make chicken nuggets. And, uh, oh, I've seen it too, and it's it's not very pleasant. I, listen, I, I, I followed a few um, people on Twitter I've had to defollow just because yeah. of how like animal rights activists they are. Um, and I just I, the, the, the amount of videos that they post, I just like, I, I'm sorry, I just can't. It's so hard to look at. <laughs> I know, and it's difficult to watch, but I do like this movie because it shows the farmer's perspective as well, how they're like, this is, uh, um, I, they wouldn't wish this life on anyone else because it's so hard, the hours are so rigorous, and it's just a constant cycle where they never stop or never catch a break, and it's so pivotal for the world that they can't stop. Wow. Mm. And they don't leave rich lives, they, they're very poor, it's just, Jeez. it's, it's kind of sad. Sounds like yeah. they actually want automation to take their jobs. 
robots to do it. But I think um, Morgan Spurlock did another wonderful job with this documentary. It was for, was it free on Tubi? (laughs) Did I go to Tubi? No. You did. It it came from Tubi. No, what was it on? I watched it on something. Di- I don't remember, but it, I don't think it was Tubi. But was it, it might on have been Crackle? Tubi. No, I, I don't. I don't support that brand in my household. <laughs> what about Snap? <laughs> Snap and Pop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the trifecta. Yeah. Uh, well, that's my movie phone. I'm gonna hang up the receiver. Maybe it was Hulu. It sounds like a Hulu. Pass- yeah, it might have been Hulu. Might have been. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'll go next. I'll, right. I'll put up my hand here. Um, <laughs> I I watched. Uh, I finally watched uh, Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, yeah, it's so good. it's it's a, it's, it. it's, uh, it's a, I feel like it's a bit wacky at times. I think it just become it's it's a product of the '90s too. Yeah. Uh, there, there's you know I I I'm just gonna get the negatives out of the way first because I actually really like this movie. There's some weird ADR that happens at times, especially when it comes to. Um, when Matt Damon is, uh, oh, Matt Damon plays uh, <laughs> Mr. Ripley as well here. And for, for talented any, uh, Mr. Ripley. Yeah, he is talented, <laughs> and many, many facets. Like when he's like making imitations, you know, with uh, from like uh, Phil Seymour Hoffman or Jude Law. Another and, Goop movie. Don't forget Goop. <laughs> Goop is there. Movie. Uh, Goop is here. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's shot weirdly at times, or like uh, just uh, in terms of some circumstances, like how it gets like like mixed into the whole like going going to Italy and finding Jude Law. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no like, one would go to Italy nowadays. <laughs> oh no, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, overall, I I, I think it's a I, th- I think it's a it's a good movie. It's a it's 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 fascinating, especially up until the end. Um, I, I do like the opening line where it's like, uh, it's funny how all this started with me borrowing someone's jacket. You know? yep. So it's a, it, it's quite intriguing. Uh, performances all around are, are great, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't really have too much to say about it. Um, it, it, it was a nice time just sitting sitting through it. And uh, yeah, I just finally got around to, uh, to watching it. So yeah, there's, yeah, that's that. Um, next one, uh, I watched Mr. Wright. Eh. This this okay. this is, a lot of misters. What's that? A lot of misters <laughs> in your uh, viewing. Oh yeah, this it's recently. kind of a thing. Um, yeah, th- this stars uh, Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's, yeah it's a weird pairing, but like considering both personalities, it works. Uh, so Anna Anna Kendrick uh, plays a, a woman who uh, just like who was recently cheated on by her boyfriend and. She, she's trying to be a little bit more adventurous, kind of just kind of to overcome like this kind of like event in her life. So yeah. she stumbles upon uh, Sam Rockwell, who kind of like insists and it's like, hey, as we all do, we all stumble <laughs> upon him eventually in our lives. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Sam Rockwell. I love both I, of them, actually. Oh, yeah. I love him, but I, I hate some of his roles. I'm like, eh, I mean, those, are, those are just well, roles. Which ones? Um, the three billboards roll. Oh, he was. Oh, well, yeah. You're supposed to hate yeah. him, but he's so good. Yeah, I, I, I hate, I hate his characters, but he's a great actor. I, yes. I, 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 lo- I like uh, Seven Psychopaths. Oh uh, yeah, I, I like that too. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, Moon. <laughs> yeah, mm, a yeah. lot of good ones. I, I think, I think you're not. You should give him more, more benefit of the doubt here, John. I do, I do. Well, it's just his characters. He did also play okay. a KKK chief last year. Yeah, that's that's true. Right. But that's that also went. Uh... <laughs> Uh, under the radar for most people, I think. <laughs> it was pretty good. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's so it turns out you know they start dating for a little bit, maybe a couple of days. He's you know he's kooky. He's a bit wacky. No, she like, she she's calling him a weirdo, but she's also into it. What's that uh, age gap there? How old uh, are they? I she must be like in her early thirties now. This came out I think two thousand sixteen. I want to say. Uh, um so yeah I, I mean i i checked it out a little bit uh some time ago i remember just catching a scene on television it's like oh i want to watch this so it, it kind of it's kind of like a black comedy so he's like a hitman who who doesn't want to be a hitman or like he's trying to run away from that life but he's being chased by this like organization that wants to say like, come on come on back and i think it's uh the head of that is uh, played by tim roth I don't like Tim Roth and he's just kind of fine in this movie too, as just like uh, a sort of antagonist uh, at best. There's kind of like a few here. There's like a mob related thing that he gets kind of like thrown into as well. But uh, it, you know, it's, it's a bit wacky. I like the dialogue. It's, it's kind of like, it's, it's a watchable comedic black comedy. So oh, okay. um, yeah. So uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, kind of a recommend recommendation, I will say, you know, it's not bad, you know. It's 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 fine. It's more along the lines of a fine sit sit and watch. So I was expecting film. like a I was expecting a standard like mid two thousands romance, but yeah, the way you the way you illustrated it makes it sound more than that. Yeah, and and the action's good too. I will say that it's 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 kind of fun at times. So uh, yeah, That's there's cool. merit there's merit to it. Uh, and the the last one I I actually checked out last night. Uh, it comes at night. Oh, oh nice. This is a this is a good one. This is another A twenty four movie. This came out I think A twenty four joint. Uh, came out two years ago, starring a uh, uh, Joel Edgerton, uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty solid. Uh, it's it's simple. It's got a small cast. It doesn't uh, like go into kind of like extreme like territory at times. Maybe up, maybe a little bit towards the end, but not like. Uh, I mean, let me just go into the premise. So apparently it, it's kind of like at a time where it's sort of post-apocalyptic, but not really. There, there was sort of like an epidemic that I guess that possibly the coronavirus. Too close. Uh, <laughs> that, that, uh, that happened a couple years ago that now like people live in isolation. You know, it's uh, so like this family, like uh, Joel Edgerton's family, like him, his wife and his son kind of stay in the woods and they come across like a drifter who also has a family and then they they come into play here and it's sort of like i guess it's it's sort of like uh airborne maybe physical contact that when it comes to like uh like the when infection this sort of infection sickness it's never described uh it's 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 a little vague sort of in the vein of the road but not not as like you know like oh the there's grimness and gray like like they live in the woods it actually looks pretty nice you know Every, everyone seems okay even <laughs> though like you're seeing them wear like gas masks you know, just to, to to take extra precaution, and 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 there is some kind of sickness that's going around, but it's never described like how it happened or anything like that. They never they never go into much detail about that, which I I like. I, I like their their subtlety to this movie, <laughs> and um, yeah, and I, I think it f- mostly focuses on the perspective of the son rather than Joel Edgerton. I, I, at least like Joel Edgerton would come a little bit second, but like you want to get the meat of like what's happening. You know, like like. There are, there are like these questions that they ask like survivors or anyone who comes across their camp and uh yeah you know it's it's a short film it's about maybe an hour and a half um uh, everyone just seems very believable it's very well acted it's, it's well shot i love the music 
and uh, yeah, I, I'd give it a recommendation. It's on Netflix right now, so there you go. You get your, cool. Give yourself give yourself a social net, Netflix Netflix watch. Ah, yeah, very nice. Yep, and uh, that's it. That's all I got. Oh all wait, right. hold on. Um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm almost done. Uh, I I watched <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, stand up. I watched uh, a few stand up specials. Uh, two with uh, Mike Birbiglia. I love him. Uh, I love him. He's a, I love his self-deprecating humor and, and how he's he just like builds upon that and I love how he just structures the beginning of a joke and how that becomes like like the the overall story for the remainder of, of the special and uh, yeah I think it's his last two specials that he had on Netflix um, go check them out they're funny especially that story when he comes about <laughs> where he talks about uh, doing an opening uh, for the Muppets and how he said fuck <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> he, he just kind of uh, just <laughs> ruffled a lot of feathers for the audience Kermit went oh no <laughs> oh, yeah, oh no I think I'll uh, yeah there was some Muppet talk about that <laughs> uh, go watch it, it get them sweetums <laughs> it's very good it's very funny I love it and uh, mm. then, I, then I watched uh, Pete Davidson's uh, uh, Alive from New York. And uh, yeah, I like Pete Davidson. I like him a lot. I think he's really funny. I think his opening uh, bit is when he talks about how Louis C.K. tried to get him fired on SNL. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. And then, uh, the yeah. tables have turned. And then he talks about like the the, uh, the joke that he made with the, um, uh, the one-eyed uh, senator uh, on SNL and how, like, how, how that blew up his relationship with Ariana Grande and uh, he doesn't like really like, like besmirch or anything like that. It's it, if anything, he praises her. So uh, it's, it, and it's all in good fun. It, that That's very short. That's like 45 minutes. Um, all three are funny. Uh, go check them out. And yeah, that's, that's all I got. Uh, nice. Yep. All right. Well, it's my turn to raise the hand. Oh all right. boy. <laughs> I prepared for this moment. <laughs> all right. Let's see. I'm going to start with, uh, April and I did three uh, movies that were, you know, kind of follow similar themes as the Corona outbreak uh, broke and (laughs) we were sealed inside the apartment. Uh, We started off with, what was it? I think it was Shaun of the Dead. Oh, I love that movie. Perfect. Oh, before this. Yeah. Before this, we had also seen uh, Train to Busan, but I mentioned that in the last episode. So, Shaun of the Dead, this is, uh, I rewatched it, um, I think it was April's first time watching, although she had seen some parts of it before, and, you know, it's good, it's solid, um, great visual humor, great gags, um, it's, you know, I don't know if I'd call it, you know, like a five-star classic or anything like that, it, there, there are some problems with it, there are flaws mm-hmm. with, um, the movie and the pacing, but I mean, overall it's, it's really solid. And at that point there was really little else out there like it. I think it's inspired a lot of, you know, filmmakers to, to do their own kind of variations on this or uh, be inspired by it. Definitely. Uh, Next we watched attack the block. Oh, Oh, another great one. I I never, never watched it. Oh, this one's good. This one is uh, quite yeah. solid. It's Joe Cornish. I'm pretty sure that's yep. his name, the director. Yep. He uh, he took a long break. I don't I don't know what he did before this. I think maybe this might have been like his debut feature. Um, before this, he was only doing short films. I want to say, and then I'm pretty sure he took a long break and directed the kid who would be king last Ugh. year. 
Oh, yeah. Which had a terrible trailer, but honestly, the movie itself was pretty damn solid. I still don't believe you. It it was quite enjoyable. Seeing is believing, John. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I I will die. I will go to my grave saying that. Uh, that it was a good movie despite the trailer um, and I, a lot of it has like that Joe Cornish DNA um, like re-watching Attack the Block I could definitely see a lot of the kind of character interactions were very reminiscent of the kid who would be king and it's just solid you have John Boyega in like one of his big uh, first roles I want to say and yeah just the cast does a really great job and I love the story that it tells of like um just inequality in the neighborhood and just kind of like having to having to overcome this really weird obstacle uh, together. And mm. a lot of the character interactions are, I, I think they're true to life. They're, they're realistic and they, it's a funny movie. Uh, it's got some heart. It's, it's just really solid, really enjoyable. I recommend it. I feel like it would be one of those where you kind of like see it on TV and it would uh, just captivate you, and you would have to keep watching it. It just really okay. feels like something that it would show on like USA or TNT, but, like be really good. It's funny how you watch two Nick Frost movies back to back. Yeah, that is. Yep, he was in it. Yeah. <laughs> he plays. Uh, he's he's almost not that recognizable, and I forget why. I think he might be like bald in this one, and he definitely speaks in like a like a Cockney gangster ish accent. Uh, kind of a thug accent. It's it's a good role for him. It's enjoyable. Uh, after that, we watched The Day After Tomorrow from 2004. Perfect schlock movie. It, it, it Perfect it, disaster it, movie. Eh, it was all right. I just, I really wasn't feeling it. Uh, oh. Like, I, I can't even say I liked it all that much. There were some good schlocky moments, but... They were they were few and far between. I think a lot of what this movie like tried to accomplish, it just did not do very well. It was ah, uh, it, it was kind of it was bad and it was it was long. I just could not really get into it. And this was my first time watching it; had not seen it oh. before. See, yeah, I, I grew up with this movie. It was more of like a <laughs> like a, a rewatch on HBO kind of movie, and it, it's now become just like a just ha- have it in the background and just kind of like. No, like you're you're just like kind of pull focus from like when the you know the big flood scenes or when shit is hitting the fan. Yeah, exactly. I, I think if it's a movie where you try to like sit down and watch it, you're just going to be bored by a lot of things, and the character interactions are are pretty ridiculous too. It, it is a movie for the time, I will say. Oh yeah, it definitely seems like it. And there's this whole subplot of like Jake Gyllenhaal trying to woo this girl. Yeah. Like, is it up? Rudy his Mara? name is Daddy Jake, just so you know. <laughs> no, his name is Mr. Music. <laughs> oh, you've seen it? You didn't mention it. I've always seen his bit. I oh, haven't seen the whole okay. thing. It just I went love up. Drama Lady's Sack Lunch Bunch. I'm going to sit down and, and uh, blow through it, so I'll reconvene oh, with, uh, with the... I love yeah. it. Uh, and let's see. Outside of that, we watched... Uh, we, we started our Bond watch. We actually started it like a couple months ago, but I just never mentioned it on the podcast in anticipation of uh, No Time to Die. We're trying to get through the first 24 Bond <laughs> films. Uh, luckily, thanks to Corona, we have a, quite a bit more time now because it's been delayed to November. Wow. It was originally scheduled for April. Literally had my tickets in hand. Those are now worthless. And uh, <laughs> hey, collectors but, are. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, so we started off with Dr. No with Sean Connery. Uh, this was an okay movie. It was it was kind of good. Like I like the script. I like the dialogue. I like the acting. It's very 60s, but I kind of like the style they're going for. But this film, along with every other one we've seen so far, it's just so trashy at times. Like, I didn't know, like, I kind of knew James Bond was supposed to be trashy, but I didn't know to this extent. It's like, it it is smutty. Uh, Bond is like a, he is, uh, April likes to call him a sex predator. Yeah, And I that's get pretty that valid. Too. He is just a horn monster. It's, <laughs> it is bad. Um, and it just really kind of takes you out of the rest of the movie. <laughs> because, right. you know, one second you'll be, looking at like cool spy shit and they'll be explaining how it works. And it's like all technical and scientific. And you're like, Oh yeah, this is like pretty cool. And then he'll just like, not even flirt with a woman. He'll just like literally grab her and kiss her. And when I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, there has to be a reason he's doing this. You know, he's like a really intelligent super spy. He's trying to build some sense of trust or, you know, just get her to do something kind of be manipulative, but nope. He's just, really wants to get in her pants, and that's it. He kind of puts saving the world on hold, goes and does that for a few hours, and then uh, situations kind of fall in his lap after that. Mm. Is this um, the movie with, uh, like, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die? No, isn't that, um, is that Goldfinger or Octopussy? I don't remember which one. I haven't I, seen I, either of those yet, but I'm pretty sure that line was not in this. Once, yeah. you get, once you get to that, look up the Mike Snow video for Genghis Kong. Okay. All uh, right, we'll do. It's a it's a good uh, it's a good pa- uh, parody of, of that moment. <laughs> nice, um, yeah. No, this this film had uh, had uh, Bond, James Bond, his big introduction. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, he was actually he was copying that from uh, Sylvia Trench, who she's the first one they meet in a casino. She first introduces herself as Trench, Sylvia Trench. Oh. And then James Bond does his thing. So that was kind of interesting. I hadn't known that because before. Because she's deep like a trench. Ooh. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Time we don't... a trench run. Originally. Many unexplored cavities. Oh, boy. <laughs> Bond has to fix that. Yeah. McCavity! McCavity! <laughs> Soon to be a watch on this podcast. I ordered that Blu-ray. It's coming. Don't oh, worry. Criterion? Uh, <laughs> if only. If hey, only. Moment of silence, silence for uh, Edris Elba. He's fine. Oh, All the celebrities are fine. It. Did you on, on a on a split note? Did you see that Sam Smith was like crying in his apartment, and it was like the funniest thing in the world? Oh yeah. boy, you Idris Elba, or because he has the coronavirus too? Yeah, but he's doing fine. I know. I'm why saying, like, I, yeah, that's why I'm asking. No, Sam Smith was crying because he's like the world is going to shit, and he's like in a multi-million dollar apartment. <laughs> uh, oh, oh boy, just imagine and everything will be okay. Ugh. Yeah. Ick. Like <laughs> uh, uh, what's interesting about Sylvia Trench, going back to Bond, is that <laughs> I was expecting. Trenches? Oh yeah, I was expecting her to be set up as the Bond girl for this movie, but she's kind of, you know, they do get together, but then she's dropped like halfway, and she's never heard from again until the next movie. The next movie begins with her, uh, Sylvia Trench and Bond on like a vacation. So it's like she's kind of like his long-term girlfriend and his she just kid. shows yeah, she just shows up for the beginning of every movie and then goes yeah. away. And then uh the real Bond girl comes in. So I think that's I, I just find that kind of funny. And um 
Yeah, Doctor No, it was like fairly solid until they get to an island, and then it just loses all sense of pacing and gets pretty boring. Uh, the second movie from Russia with Love, very similar. Um, it's kind of more intriguing. There's maybe like a bit more uh, allegory. They kind of set up the movie as like a chess game. So they're getting a little more, not even really artsy, but they're getting a little bit more high concept and it's more interesting, but it still kind of flounders in the second half. And we've only gotten halfway through the third Bond movie so far. That one is Thunderball. And so far, I really enjoy it. I think it's a big improvement. Um, There's some more like trademarks of the Bond franchise introduced in it. We get our first theme song of the Bond series because the first two didn't Thunderball! have Thunderball! Yeah, with uh, Tom Jones yeah. doing nice. it. So it's, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I like it a lot so far. I just hope it doesn't flounder in the second half like I expect it to. Um, you have to tell me when I get to, when you get to um I'm Bambi and I'm Thumper. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Oh, we'll I do. love that moment. Um there are some slow moments in this. It kind of feels like they're just trying to take up runtime. Like there's a really extended scene where they're trying to bury a plane underwater, but it just takes like 10 minutes when it should take like 5 and there's no dialogue, but a lot of the action just isn't that interesting. It's not shot very well. well. So Whatever, we'll see. I'm sure they'll improve over time. And finally, lastly, we watched uh, something I've been meaning to get to for years. Sorry to Bother You. This is on Hulu. It's got Lakeith Mm -hmm. uh, Stanfield. Uh, I want to say that's his name. I just blanked on it for a second. Mondo Um, just put out the soundtrack, I believe. I don't think so. It it might be. It might be right. Yeah. And his um, co-star uh, Tobias Funke. <laughs> he's in this? No, he's, he's not. The, he, he's the white voice. Ah, oh, wow! Him. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to pin it down. I couldn't. Wow, that that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, he's the white voice. Uh, I mean, it's it's a great <laughs> concept, a great premise. I really like what they were going for, um, but it. Didn't exactly like congeal uh, totally for me. And I'm not going to say it really felt like first draft-ish, maybe second draft-ish. But uh, I don't know. It just it, it didn't come together in a way that that was anything more than bonkers. Like it, <laughs> it's, it's a bonkers movie with like a crazy ending. Um, but I was maybe a little bit expecting more or to get a bit more invested. Um, I'll say in some aspects... It, like the the way it was shot hurt it a little bit but uh for the most part it did succeed it's a it's a pretty good watch and i really like like the ideas behind it and what the uh, director boots riley had to say and a great soundtrack uh by his group because uh, he's a musician primarily his group the coup and also some additional scoring by meryl garbus of tune yards so that was pretty cool to see wasn't expecting that it's a it's a solid pick, and I just I really wish he comes out with more. Like I, I know he's a full time musician. I don't know if he'll really have time to make movies uh, that all that often, but I hope he does, and I hope uh, this inspires other filmmakers. That's it for me. Putting down the movie phone. <laughs> oh, I all gotta right. unclick myself. I gotta. <laughs> oh yeah, the hands down. So now I could speak. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Normally here we would have a try on the board segment, and I do have a few Broadway things to say. They're mostly grievances. 
mainly because the day after Broadway closed, I was supposed to see Company. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, I did rebook. I was going to see Six again with my um my coworkers, and I did rebook for April the twenty fourth. But I think I'm just going to be refunded again because Broadway that is in a state likely. of utter confusion which i'm fine with and i'm glad i saw six before but if i would have saw company before it closed that would have been perfect i would have been like okay i'm good that could be the final theatrical two days come on come on (laughs) i'm really sad uh, you could have what i could have taken the corona (laughs) i would have been ready (laughs) um everyone just would have appeared in the crowd with uh full hazmat suits yeah um, I'm pretty sad. I'm pretty bummed that Martin McDonough's new film, new uh, play, is no longer yeah. coming to Broadway at all. I know that um, previews and Virginia they Wolf. Yeah, I was yeah. excited for that. Called yeah. Hangman. I mean, you know, I'm not into Broadway really, but I yeah. love Martin McDonough. I like his movies. Yeah. Uh, we actually just talked about it a lot with uh, Sam Rockwell. And yeah, no, I don't know. I'm sad for him. I'm bummed, but I'm sure yeah. he'll be all right. And that was apparently yeah. supposed to be like a huge. Uh, yeah, it was TV. good. Tony, uh, like contender, contender, mm-hmm. but uh, um, yeah, they had to release the actors from their contracts, yeah. And uh, I know that Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf with Laurie Metcalf was also canceled. And Laurie Metcalf has been on Broadway consistently for like the past 12 years, so mm. that's kind of crazy, yeah. Damn, mm-hmm. so I can only imagine what happens next in our theater centric, uh, Mark and I world, <laughs> Corona yeah. the musical. Yeah, I, I I haven't seen much in terms of uh, uh, theater. Um, my my stuff's been put on hold um, until further notice. You know, yep. uh, so I, any auditions that I was looking forward to have now been postponed. My my show um, indefinitely. So it's a uh, yeah, it's it's all about a uh, you know like surviving and uh, staying safe. So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> unfortunately that's the uh, world we are in now. Yeah. yeah but like i said i'm glad i've seen six before i mean and they closed on their opening too how what a bummer oh yeah that is unfortunate that is a bummer but hopefully broadway comes back i know that it's a booty service broadway hd is offering seven days free because fuck them honestly <laughs> it should be like three months free yeah how else are they gonna make money they but other companies like I don't know. I like don't know. Zencaster. Yeah, yeah. We'll have uh, how many more sessions before we have to pay? Fifty-eight thousand. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'll, I'll pay. It's a, it's a, it's a nominal fee. It's good. Hey, this is a, this is a collaborative process. Yeah, job. depending on how it turns out, maybe, maybe Zencaster will be in our sponsor future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to start dub- doubling down on audio quality. Just so <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll record start, two times at once. <laughs> start start making some fat cash. No, we're not in it for the. I'm not in it for the money. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Uh, well, part one podcast. Part two profit. <laughs> Can't go uh, wrong. Can't fail. Well, that's my trot on the board segment. To which we get to our final disc jockeys. Any music we've been listening to as of late? Well, there's been quite a bit, actually. Uh, you know, in, your the, end. in the midst of coronavirus, <laughs> yeah. you know, a few albums have been getting delayed. Like, I think I know the, the Heim. Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The one I've waited 80 years for. <laughs> well, what's another couple years? 
Ugh. Um, but in the meantime, there have been some uh, some solid output. I had three in mind. I've since forgotten one, so <laughs> I I now have two. That's quick maths. Um, a childish Gambino is back. Donald Glover released yeah, an I album. Saw. It's kind of a surprise drop on uh, March fifteenth before he took it off. Uh, 12 hours later, it was like streaming on his homepage. Then he took it off 12 hours later and then re-uploaded it to streaming services a week later uh, with like some sort of countdown. Um, I have not really listened to this. I've heard one song that's been getting radio play. Uh, I guess it's the single Algorithm. It's okay. I kind of wish he stuck with the sound that he had been going for but props to him for not really standing still because this is a very different sound for him it's like almost uh like industrial dance slash hip-hop it's like almost new metal ish um so it's kind of weird and i'm not gonna say it works all that well but again props to him for trying and i really hope this isn't the last project we see from him under the childish gambino name as had been rumored um Although I will say, uh, this this guy, this this guy, he has the audacity to rename one of his singles from last year or two years ago called "Feels Like Summer." Uh, he renamed it like forty two twenty two or something like that because that's the timestamp on which it appears in the album. That's what most. That's what most of the tracks on this album are titled. Um, and the album itself is titled for the date on which it was released originally. It's called 03.15.20. And uh, yeah, most of the tracks on here are just timestamps. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I can't say if, like he did that almost intentionally. Maybe he just didn't have like a name for the song. I, I mean... <laughs> But this is, I mean, I don't, I, I don't mind it for most of the songs, but this is a song that already had a name. <laughs> it had a name two years ago when he released it as a single. And now he re-released it under 42.20 or whatever. Okay. It's, I don't know. It's just silly. I kind of like how silly it is, but I also kind of hate it. Well, the man uh, himself is a little bit uh, silly. I mean, like, yeah, he's, 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 yeah, he's, he, he, he goes out his way. He's some, you might see him as one persona and then he'll be someone else. The same time, so, uh, I don't know. I can't fault them for doing that. Yeah, it's it's funny. I guess it's on brand. Uh, it's just kind of annoying. Like the idea is funny, and then when you have to like find it on the album, you're like, oh, this is annoying. <laughs> but um, one other big project that I'm I'm really hyped about. Oh man, this is exciting. It's another kind of hip hop uh, project. It is J Electronica. Uh, he, wow. Okay. So this is a name that has been circling around for over 10 years. He, he is a rapper who first released a mixtape in the MySpace days and it caught on fire. Everybody loved it. Everybody wanted to hear more from him, was really excited for more content. And then he just mysteriously kind of vanished. And then a few years would go by and he would release a new song just again, out of nowhere, out of the blue, like there were no updates on when he was recording something, just nothing at all. It would just kind of drop out of the ether. And every single time he did this, he would release like one track, maybe every two or three years. It instantly caught a blaze in the music community. Everybody just really liked it. He has 
like a really solid flow. He has important things to say. A lot of it is like socially conscious, but it just, it sounds so pleasant. Like his rapping, um, it's almost like soothing. It's almost comforting. Um, but at the same time, he'll, he'll, he'll be spitting like some, some gangster and some thuggish type stuff. So it's not all that soothing, I guess. But a lot of it is like about compassion too. Um, and the beats that he chooses, some of which are his own productions, are just really solid. It's it's kind of, I want to say it's like almost highbrow hip-hop, um, maybe mid-brow. It's just really enjoyable to listen to, and it, it feels like really positive, just like somebody who's put a lot of effort into his, into his works. And um, nobody ever thought he would release a debut album. This is the first one he's ever done. Nobody ever thought this day was coming. And then all of a sudden, I think like a week ago, it just it came out. And I've only heard, I think, two songs from it, two tracks, but they're incredible. I've been meaning to listen to it. I just, for whatever reason, haven't gotten a chance to. But, oh, man, this is like such an exciting development for the music community. And I pray that it doesn't take another like 15 to 20 years for for a new album from him. He's uh he's like pushing 40, 45, maybe I think already. Hmm. But man, he is there's no one out there like it. Jay Electronica, he's been his his career has like seen other rappers come and go, like have their time in the sun, their moment in the spotlight, and he's like guested on their verses and he's outlasted them without even dropping an album until now. But yeah, he's uh, I think it's an instant classic. He'll he'll go down as a legend when all is said and done. Mm. That's it for me. Um, I have one more thing to add in addition to Lady Gaga's Chromatica being delayed. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> and she was supposed to tour. She announced like um, some Chromatica tour dates, and one of them, of course, is in New Jersey out of like four. Wow. So I was, I mean, I, I don't have the money to afford tickets right now with my constant poster splurging and uh, <laughs> useless purchases, but um, I, I was excited to see at least a bootleg of it. Um, uh, I'm uh, RIPing that, but uh, Father John Misty just released a live album, uh, oh. Live from Hamburg. And you know, if there's one thing I love as much as Lady Gaga, it's Father John Misty. Um, Sweet. And the two have collaborated, just so you know. Um, they have. Do we know that? Yeah, no, on, I, didn't uh, know that. I don't know if on, I heard that. On um, Joanne, Father John Misty wrote "Come for Mama," which is a, a track on Gaga's album. Oh, nice. See, I did not um, know that. Yeah, and I actually, I, I really like that song. But um, he released an album, and all the proceeds go to COVID nineteen. So that's cool of him. I like him. Well, organizations, it, it doesn't go to the illness. No, it, the it goes, it goes to support the disease, Matt. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the organization offhand, but I know yeah. it goes to benefit uh, the people <laughs> affected by COVID nineteen. That actually, yeah, I should shout out my favorite band of all time, Los Campesinos. <laughs> yeah, been, of course, they're still active on Twitter. They haven't released released an album in like a couple years. They're just very like ordinary folks. I love them, but they're very uh, compassionate as well. So they had a raffle, uh, I think, uh, like a week or two ago where you could enter it for a chance to win like some exclusive, some rare merch that you can no longer find that they just have uh, leftovers of. And all the proceeds of that went to, I think, two different organizations uh, that were helping out people in Britain for uh, those affected by coronavirus. And I just, I don't know, I love what they do. They 
they really uh, try to look out for people who uh, who don't have as much of a voice or, you know, who who are um, maligned uh, minorities of all sorts. Like, but they just do it in I don't know. It it it, it seems like casual ways that make a big difference like all their all their venues they try to make them all all ages when they go on tour and they try to make all the bathrooms uh gender neutral mm-hmm. and just uh stuff like that they they support lots of uh people advocating for uh trans rights and yeah no they're just they're just solid folks mm-hmm. want to give yeah. a shout out to them for supporting uh coronavirus again los campesinos <laughs> advocating yeah. for the los descamisados i see <laughs> Oh, the shirtless nice. ones. Yes. yes. I yeah. I understand that. Ah, that's a <laughs> reference that Mark won't get. Yeah, well, I, only, I only know it from knowing Spanish. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh I I I think I just have one small thing to to, to talk about. Um Group Love put out a new album. Mm. I've listened to the whole thing yet, uh, except for their their single Deleter. It's a bop. I love it. I like group love. I don't know. It they, is a bop. They've uh, they've they've always like kind of stood out for me. I just like uh, I like their music. Nice. And, uh, yeah. So that that's that's all. All right. Well, I'll probably check that one out. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, let's bring our first uh, Zencaster officiated podcast to an end. But before we reveal what's going to happen in the future for Nightcaps at the Theater, is there anywhere that our audience can reach us? You can find me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drink and Read JK on Twitter, on my couch crying and or venting, and uh, my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, currently watching a few episodes of Yu Yu Hakusho, and then we're going to get into one of my favorite anime, Revolutionary Girl, Utena. Cool. Nice. <laughs> uh, that, that pause between the cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, you can follow me over on Twitter at um, Man Who Wears Hats, or you can follow me over on Instagram at MZBro Jr. And uh, you could you could follow me, but more accurately, I'll be following you because uh, as part of a new initiative called, or that I'm calling, uh, if you don't wash your hands, I'll wash your hands for you. Ooh. I'm gonna be I'll be in bathrooms uh, nationwide. Um, just every single one, every single bathroom, public or private. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll just be there with a towel and uh, a soap dispenser so that you don't have to touch anything. I'll just hand it to you and uh, you feel free to tip. Oh, man. All, all, proceeds, like will, all proceeds will go to uh, Matt Cabrera. <laughs> all right. And uh, Mark, since it's your pick next, do you want to explain uh, the gear we're shifting? Absolutely, John. So in in the uh, in the process that we're in right now, when it comes to uh, staying indoors, staying safe, and uh, social distancing, I have advocated for an alternate segment other than uh, Madcap Marchness, and uh, we're going to be doing social Netflixing, ah. where we do. Uh, I haven't tried this out yet, but I'm pretty sure you guys have the uh, I have, the, yeah. the the shared Netflix party watch. I don't know yeah. what this is actually called. Netflix but, uh, party. <laughs> uh, but since uh, uh, this is a thing and uh, we're all staying safe indoors, uh, staying at- apart from each other, we're going to each pick a movie and uh, we're going to we're just going to watch it together from from afar. Very and, nice. uh, I, I have yet to pick one. So uh, I'm just going <laughs> to pr- since uh, Netflix is a giant dumping ground, I'm going to pick one from the ashes and uh, see uh, see what I'm going to you know what uh what, what could be fun I don't, I don't even know if we're gonna end up doing theme drinks this time around too because well, well, yeah, whatever, we're, we're, 
Yeah. We're all in different areas, and we all have different. Uh, <laughs> I can't provide you guys with with beverages, but we can lie to our audience, Mark, and just say we're drinking something. Uh, oh, Ooh. you heard your first audience. We could act I drunk. Mean, yeah, that too. Uh, I won't so, need any help with that. So, Madcap Marchness has been officially delayed due to coronavirus. It's yeah. been delayed up until uh, d- November. Yeah. <laughs> December. Uh, Matt Marchness, now in November. Oh, man. <laughs> there are some good horror classics, though, if it lasts till Halloween for Matt. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, nothing stays on Netflix for, for long. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. That, thank you for joining us. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Turn or the I'll page. Wash, you. wash your hands. <laughs> you turn the page, you wash your hands. Thank you for listening to Nightcaps at the Theater. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us this evening as much as we had with you. If you're not too hungover or haven't thrown up on your cat yet, please be so kind to rate, review, and subscribe to us on various podcast platforms. Oh, it looks like Matt's passed out in a bag full of McDonald's and John's swinging a wine bottle at me. I guess it's time for me to get going. Good night, everyone, and make sure to tip your Uber driver.